Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. Through the kindness of John and Mary Ann Castle, I was fortunate to meet with a famous author who is our guest on the Rusk Report today. And we're taping in Palm Beach, Florida at her lovely home, not too far from the new president of the United States. Our guest today is Beatrice Murray Fairbanks Kaiser and we're going to talk all about her career and her different books. She's world-renowned as an author of over 20 books and I'll tell you a little bit about B. Kaiser. She was born in New York City, the daughter of United States Ambassador at Large. She is a direct descendant of William, Duke of Normandy, King William I, the Conqueror, and King Malcolm III of Scotland. B. Kayser has three daughters from her first marriage, Maria and Claudia Holquin, both who live in Palm Beach, Florida, and Eugenia Jeannie Roberts, who lives with her husband in France. She now has four grandchildren, Caroline, Vanessa, Veronica, and Anthony, world-renowned author, B. Kayser, with us today on the Rusk Report. Now, a book that you're well-known for is The Diary of Mrs. John Quincy Adams. Could you tell us, B. Kayser, what is that book all about? Well, to start with, it's about the wife of many years, of our sixth president. People often think I've written about John Adams' second president, one of the founders of our country, but actually this book is about an English wife of an American president, and until millennia was the only foreign-born wife of a United States president. She was born and brought up in London, but because her father was a very devout American, he insisted they leave England, where they had been living as an import-export businessman, and moved to France, where there was no antipathy towards the American colonists, quite the opposite, as they helped the American revolutionaries win the war. She was a person with a cloud over her head, quite a serious one, and uh, this was never told to her husband-to-be, John Quincy Adams, who came from such a distinguished family, that his father was already president of the United States when he married this wonderful lady. Now, he had already been made ambassador to the Lowlands, which of course means Holland and Belgium, and he was about to be sent first to Germany, then Prussia, and then to Russia, all of which happened. So she had a very wonderful life in a way, if you like to travel, in those days it was not very comfortable actually, and she was also pregnant all the time. She had 12 pregnancies. Oh my goodness. But in her old age, she only had one living descendant to take care of her more or less, but she didn't, a son. Mm-hmm. Now, 
this is a very strange story because it is the reason I wrote the book. You can read about them on Encyclopedia Britannica or any American encyclopedia or just Google them and you'll learn a lot about John Quincy Adams, not so much about his wife. But it just so happens I am a descendant of the same Henry Adams that he and his father are descended from and therefore I am a relation. And my mother was a closer relation, of course, and she knew the story very well, because there is a story. Of course, I can't tell it all to you or you won't read the book. But what happened was, this was a woman who was used to a large family. Her mother had seven children, and she expected to have children, but she never expected to have eight, or 12 pregnancies. And for a while, she had three or four children alive, the only child that was really dear and nice with her was a little girl and she died in Russia just of filth and cholera and nice diseases that she got. So the little girl died in a horrible way and she never got over that in a way. But the other thing was she got to the point where she could hardly love her husband because she just couldn't stand the thought of being pregnant again. I mean her whole life it's was understandable. Just being, you bet. <laughs> and of course she had very difficult birth and in one case she had to deliver the child herself there was no maid there was no of course no doctor and uh, she actually had to cut the umbilical cord herself which is almost impossible when you think about it but she did do it but she didn't want any more now in those days people stuck together once they were married whether they liked it or not and her husband was, of course, all this time an ambassador at a very important royal court. Funnily enough, she became very much admired because she had the same name as the Queen of Prussia, Louise. Mm -hmm. So that was a great plus. And they were just very, very fond of each other, and that was very quickly noticed by the court. And so her position went zooming up where her husband was sort of left behind, like you might say, Prince Charles was overshadowed by Princess Diana, the Princess of Wales. Uh -huh. That does happen, and it happened in the Prussian court. It also happened when they went to Russia, because the Tsar was extremely fond of Louise and just sort of tolerated the husband, because there were a lot of problems about ships coming into Russian harbors that were that they couldn't get into because they were ice ice flows and just solid ice. And there were problems all the time with the American ambassador over this. Now, right. they also went to Paris, where he was going to be ambassador, and was with Napoleon arriving back from Alpha. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she and Napoleon arrived in Paris the same day. Imagine what fun that was. So that was an experience. And, of course, each time she got pregnant again. So it was becoming a very, very unstable marriage when all of a sudden she didn't get pregnant anymore and she didn't know why not and she consulted a doctor and he said well frankly madam you're not of an age to have any more children what you mean i can't have any more children he said no it's impossible so all of a sudden she fell in love with her husband which can happen uh -huh. and when she discovered that her husband was on a very wonderful channel which was to save American slaves and she had lived in France where the big port was the port they brought the slaves to before they were shipped to the Caribbean and other areas of the world where the French were 
mandating. Yes. So she'd seen the horror of slaves arriving, the smell, the weeping, the dead babies dumped overboard. She'd seen all that, and she hated slavery. Uh-huh. So she now had a crusade where she could carry a banner alongside her husband to save slaves. And she was left by her only brother, $100, and she gave it to her part-time cook so that the cook could buy her freedom. Uh-huh. And she was left with actually no money because that was the only inheritance she ever got. And she did that because that's how important it was to her. Now, after he had been president of the United States from 1824 to 1828, uh-huh. he did a most extraordinary thing, which I think very seldom has happened, if ever. Having been president of the United States, he then became a legislator, a simple representative from Massachusetts. He was not even a senator. He didn't even try for that. And he stayed there for 30 years until he died in the House of Representatives, standing up, giving his vote. And this is a beautiful story, really, because Mm -hmm. meanwhile they had fought so hard for slavery. Once he was dead, she turned their home into a salon where she invited all the senators and representatives, all of the legislators, to see how she could get them to vote against slavery. Uh, Her husband had met Abraham Lincoln. They had actually stood on the floor together, the House of Representatives, and she did have some backing. She wasn't a useless woman. So she finally sort of came into her own, and that is the story of The Secret Diary of Mrs. John Quincy Adams. But to find out a secret, you have to get the book. (laughs) Okay, that's the question. Where can people buy this book, The Diary of Mrs. John Quincy Adams? How can they purchase it? I would think the easiest way is simply to order it from Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Amazon will send it to you in two days. It's a very nice book and has some wonderful pictures of them in the various countries they lived in and nice picture of him on the cover. Don't forget, he was the sixth president of the United States. Yes, for those who have just tuned in to the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520, we're learning a great deal from noted author Beatrice Murray Fairbanks Kayser. And with us today is her husband, Bill Richards II, and we're very happy to have his a prominent executive, and we're happy to have him with us today on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520. If you're listening in Buffalo, New York, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts of clear channel power, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk at ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. We always greet cards and letters from our Canadian and European listeners. Coming up next week, we'll have Senator Pat Gallivan. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guest, Eric Reichardt, who has traveled around the world on his private yacht, author Dick Kaplan and Carmel Baranoff, who has the program to 50 million viewers on PBS, Living Well with Carmel. A little bit more information about uh, Beatrice Kayser. Her second marriage on March 14, 1971, was to Major Harold Stanley Kayser, a member of a prominent British family and an officer of the 11th Hussars. 
who served with great distinction in the Second World War and was wounded twice. Other members of the family also served in that conflict, and one serving with the Scots Guards was killed in Salerno. Major Kayser died in 1999. Our guest again today is Beatrice Kayser, and with us today, listening to the program, is her fine husband, William Richards II. Let's talk about the book that is uh, going to be coming out next year or the year after. And we're talking about Tales of Palm Beach, and I see the cover of the original book. And in fact, we've had uh, James Kimberly, the late James Kimberly, who's on the cover on this program. Dina Merrill was featured uh, in this book now 50 years ago. I see uh, one of the Kennedys here. And uh, some very prominent people. Let's talk about the significance of the book written in 1968, Tales of Palm Beach, by our guest Beatrice Kayser, and the upcoming 50th anniversary sequel, B. Kayser. Tales of Palm Beach was a sellout because it didn't say anything nasty about anybody. And people were used to columnists and books that were tell-alls. In other words, tell-nasty. I don't do tell nasty. <laughs> okay, good. So I wrote a, I wrote Pollyanna type book, but it had a lot of good stories. All of these people had done something or had some experience that was extraordinary. I mean, what the heck, Eunice Kennedy, her mother, Mrs. Kennedy, Lily Pulitzer, founding an empire of fashion. I mean, people who really accomplished a lot. Now, for the sequel, believe it or not, I've been looking with great care. I didn't have to look far because I live on the same road that comes out to Mar-a-Lago where Mr. Trump is now president and receiving the president of China at this weekend and the premier of Japan a few weekends ago and I was there the night that he entertained his vice president. In fact, he was very pleasant to me. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm yeah. glad to hear that. Uh, he, so well, I've met him five or six times. He's usually very charming. Well, he, is, he comes over so... I don't know. He's got a lot of everything, I guess. But um, with me, I was very pleased. I, I met him the first time because my daughter is a sister-in-law of the Duchess of St. Albans, which is a, an English lady and her husband, the Duke. And they had never been to Florida, and they wanted to see the various things. And so I took them to Mar-a-Lago through a friend of mine who's a member and, mm -hmm. and introduced them to Mr. Trump, and he was very pleasant. Because, honestly, I didn't know how to handle the material that we had of Mr. Trump. It, it, I'm not being unkind when I say that he was not popular when he started uh, to uh, develop Mar-a-Lago, mm -hmm. mainly because of the size of an American flag, which now we appreciate that he did have a very patriotic streak to him. But that's what people objected to here, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Now, I obviously have to write about Mr. Trump, President Trump, and I have done. And the way I've approached him, because I happened to see his youngest son playing soccer, I guess it was, you know, you kick the ball and the other kick, kid kicks the ball harder or whatever, running around on Mar-a-Lago's front lawn. And right. It came to me that this man really, really loves children. Uh -huh. And I thought the way to do Trump was to show his really beautiful love for children. I thought that was the way to handle it. We all know now that he sent 59 tomahawks over to Syria 
that uh, there's some uh, real iron there and other aspects of him and it's not for me to speak about him in any other way than I have written about him which is his love for children not only Baron but his other four children little Baron hasn't trump trump he's just one of the five mm -hmm. and that is my first chapter then in my first book I had 42 photographs on the cover they were the size of a stamp because I thought all of these people were worthy of being on a stamp and I'm going to do something similar with the sequel, which will be Palm Beach 2. There was Palm Beach 2. And most of the people in this book deserve to be on a stamp, or I wouldn't write about them. Naturally, I'm talking about our Secretary of Commerce. He's right. one of them. Uh, Wilbur Ross, and of course I have the ex-mayor of Palm Beach who cleaned up the city I was born in, and I'm very grateful to him, Mr. Giuliani. Mm -hmm. I think he's a fine man, and he's going to uh, launch into cyberspace for us because he made $10 million with a private company he established after he left the, the um, mayorship. And I'm very happy to say I've met him a couple of times. I have a very good impression of him, too, and he deserves to be on the stamp. And I could go on about several of the people that I think are deserving, but I want to tell you also <laughs> there yeah. are seven murders <laughs> in oh. this book, unfortunately. Uh, Mrs. Post's great-granddaughter was murdered in Rortan. Uh, one of the most attractive couples in Palm Beach ended up that she murdered her husband and then killed herself. This doesn't sound very cheerful, but it actually she showed a love that I describe as an Othello-like love. If you know your Shakespeare, Othello having killed Desdemona because he thought that she had been unfaithful when she had not. But anyway, these are subjects that you can look into if you look into the book, which should be out on the 50th anniversary of its original publication, which was, believe it or not, 1968. How can I be that old? You're doing fine. <laughs> you're, you're, you look great, and you're with your new husband, yes. and you both look very healthy. And happy. Happy, yes. <laughs> healthy, I hope. Let's talk a little bit about the book you're planning to have come out in 2019 about Kit Kennedy, uh, the daughter of uh, Joe Kennedy and sister of the President of the United States. Uh, you have some um, things in the book that nobody knows about. Tell us a little bit about this book about Kit Kennedy, sister of the President of the United States. Well, Kit Kennedy is an extraordinary human being. First of all, she was very pretty, bubbly, and had an enormous personality. And when her father, Joe Kennedy, was ambassador to the United Kingdom, which then we call Great Britain, she was the star of the family. She was invited everywhere. And the heir to the Duke of Devonshire, which is an enormous position in England, with a great house called Chatsworth, which some of you may or may not mm -hmm. have visited, fabulous place she entranced him so much that he waited four years to marry her because the fathers were both not too happy about it mainly on the father of Kit Kennedy because he was a Protestant she a Catholic mm -hmm. and for snobbish reasons uh, the Duke of Devonshire whom I met and I thought he was a lovely person I don't <laughs> think he wasn't being snobbish in, in English terms only in American terms but anyway they were only married a few months and he was killed in the war. Very, very terrible situation. She's only, what, 22 or something? She's a widow. 
Of course, this is true all over Europe and quite a few American widows later when we got in the war. So she was looking around and eventually she fell very deeply in love with a married man who was the wealthiest man in Britain at that time, wealthier than the Duke of Westminster, which is saying something, and he had a larger house than the Duke of Devonshire, and she fell in love with him, and he was going to divorce his wife, and they were to be married. Whether Joe Kennedy would approve or not, she was going to marry him anyhow, and they took a plane to France, and in a very cloudy day, they told the pirate they wanted to fly anyhow, and he said, no, it's not safe. They said, it's safe enough, and they were all killed, pilot, navigator, and Kick Kennedy. Now, the reason I'm interested in all of this is I went to boarding school with one of the Kennedy sisters. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I also lived only a block from them in Palm Beach. <laughs> so I was interested in the family long before Jack Kennedy would be present. I mean, who would have thought such a thing? He was a sort of a brash, sh- sort of show-off chap. Very insignificant-looking because he was so thin and spindly. Yes. He was sick all the time. He had a horrible back, yes. Oh, a horrible lot of things. And part of them, because he was a brave Navy guy in the war, and therefore he he did suffer a lot of pain because he got malaria and many things that were troubling Mm -hmm. him. Most, of course, Addison's disease, which was not known at the time. But I have always had a feeling for them, and I like Mrs. Kennedy, and I was very, very touched and saddened by their treatment of Rosemary, who was their eldest daughter, who uh, a lot of people believe uh, was retarded. But if you had been in a school and lived on the same corridor in the same dormitory, of course she was about 12 years older than I was, but I saw her. I mean, her hair was always tidy, her teeth were brushed. I mean, she was not a retarded type of person. I know what a retarded person is like, but she was not that. But she was not as sprightly and as with it as her younger brothers and sisters were. And that is a terrible tragedy because, as we all know, Father Joe decided she should have a lobotomy. Terrible. Which they did not know much about at the time. And after only two or three of these terrible things, they had to stop them because they discovered that they didn't work. Um, In fact, Rosemary, after being sort of incarcerated in my mind with some nuns out west or Midwest, she escaped one day and she was missing for several days. (laughs) And I was praying, get us out of a job as a waitress, do anything, just don't let them catch you, disappear and have a life. I was hoping it. Before but the lobotomy. No, this is after. Oh, after. Yeah. So, I mean... But then she, she was pretty much uh, mentally incompetent after the lobotomy. Well, you can say so, but I can tell you she knew who had done it to her, and she n- never forgave her parents. She attacked her mother on one occasion because... Did the mother know about the lobotomy? No. So no. Joe just went ahead and did it. That's correct. I sat next to Mrs. Mrs. Rose Kennedy about 30 years later, and I was a mother of three children myself Mm -hmm. and some grandchildren and I was very careful what I said to her but all I said to her oh it's lovely to see you Mrs. Kennedy you know I was in school with Rosemary boy down came the iron curtain she couldn't even look at me or think about it it was so distasteful to her Uh, I'm very sorry Um, we have a few minutes left on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520 let's talk a little bit about your writings you've had 
articles with Town and Country, oh, House yes. and Garden, Good Housekeeping, Esquire, yeah. New York Herald Tribune, Journal of Commerce. Tell us about some of your writings. Well, I don't want to bore you. Uh, I had more than a uh, column. Uh, I had a regular column in the Town and Country. I wrote something called Going Places, Finding Things, because it's been my life as my father was ambassador. I've always traveled a great deal. I go to interesting places, and I find the good shops, and I find the decent restaurant where you don't get tummy trouble. <laughs> yes, good. And I wrote about that. That was one of my things. And 50 years later, about the time I wrote Tales of Palm Beach, I met a lady called Catherine Livingston, who was my editor at Town & Country. And the other day I bumped into her, and we had lunch at the Colony Club in New York, and she said, my goodness, you, you're still writing, and you still look the same. I said, she was amazing, and I thought she was amazing, because there are still people around who still work and like what they're doing. Now, if you ask me about some of the other things, I not only wrote for Esquire, but I, uh, which was mostly about potables of South America, what you could find to drink around South America, uh-huh. Pisco in Peru, and of course, wonderful things in some of these other countries, very good Chilean wine. But uh, I also am very proud of an article I did for Good Housekeeping that they told me later over three million people read it because it was the next to Christmas issue. It was called Miracle Baby, and it was about a woman, and she was a famous cartoonist, and she had had two lovely normal sons, and she wanted a third son, Mm -hmm. but her husband, who was 29, had cancer. And they didn't give him very long to live, so she had uh, some of his sperm frozen and put aside, and he did die. And after he was dead, she took this frozen sperm and she asked to have it injected, which she was, and uh, she conceived. And the child, I waited till it was born, it had all its fingers and toes, and it looked exactly like its brothers and sisters, because when I told mm-hmm. my own doctor about it, he said, oh, she probably had a little friends, friendly time with a milkman. Yeah. No, she did not. This was her husband's sperm. The three brothers are all identical in matter and looks and everything. Mm-hmm. And that's called The Miracle Baby, and it's in an anthology as one of the most read articles ever. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. I'd like to thank very much for enlightening us, Beatrice fairbanks Kayser. And we're happy that her husband, Bill Richards II, is with us, also joined by literary agent Diana Collier. We've learned a great deal about her books, The Diary of Mrs. John Quincy Adams, the 50th anniversary of the book Tales of Palm Beach, which will be coming out soon. And in two years, we should be seeing the biography on Kit Kennedy by Beatrice Fairbanks Kayser. Also, special thanks to our director of production, Kevin Carr, thank you for teaching us so much about your books. Beatrice Fairbanks Kayser. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.